The Forum on Workplace Inclusion's 2021 podcast series is sponsored by Best Buy. More diversity in tech means more ideas that can change the world. Learn more at bestbuy.com slash more of this. Did you miss the opportunity to join us live at the 2021 Forum Annual Conference? Or maybe you're hearing about the U.S.'s largest workplace DEI conference for the first time. Well, for the first time ever, we're offering our complete 33rd annual conference, Workplace Revolution On Demand. The On Demand package includes access to our workshops, book readings, half-day featured sessions, art and wellness workshops, our Marketplace of Ideas Exhibitor Showcase, half-day higher education industry session, 16 trend talks, and five general sessions. That's the Forum 2021 Annual Conference On Demand. Visit forumworkplaceinclusion.org to get access today. We get to engage people, advance ideas, and ignite change because of the generous support from our community. If you find our resources meaningful or valuable, please consider supporting the forum today. Visit forumworkplaceinclusion.org slash donate. That's forumworkplaceinclusion.org slash donate. Thank you very much for your support and generosity. With that, I'd like to say thank you to all our listeners and subscribers. You help support the growth of the podcast and reach new listeners. If you like what you're hearing on the Forum Podcast, please consider writing a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you've already written a review, thank you. Please consider sharing our podcast with a friend, family member, or a colleague you think might find value in the content. Word of mouth is the best way the Forum grows, so thank you very much for listening and sharing. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. Hello, and thank you for tuning into the Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast, brought to you by Best Buy. I'm Ben Rue, Program Associate here at the Forum. We're really looking forward to today's podcast, You're Worth It, with Akeem Abdelkhalik of Cargill, Inc. You are leading a social revolution. If you think of the revolution as a journey that we are all embarking upon to create long-lasting change, we often forget about the individuals we are asking to lead them. We identify the problem, create the vision, ask leaders to lead, and forget that what's being asked of them can often lead to doubt, worry, fatigue, exhaustion, no career movement, no pay increase, increased personal and professional vulnerability, and much more. We are ultimately relying on the goodwill and moral compass of these individuals to drive the change forward without providing the recharge, emotional deposits, or realizing the psychological safety needed to lead this revolution. In this podcast, we'll identify signs of career slash goodwill stalls, find your recharge, and realize your value. You're worth it. Akeem Abdel-Khalik is an Associate Vice President in Human Resources. He is an accomplished speaker, having been invited to present workshops and talks at various well-known corporate and professional events. In more than 20 years of professional experience, he's built an impressive data set. He has worked at three of the largest global companies, been an HR leader for more than 15 years, counseled hundreds of employees in career development, conducted thousands of interviews, and reviewed nearly 100,000 resumes. He has worked in multiple industries, including retail, grain, sweeteners, chemical, IT, and executive recruitment. His first published book, You're Worth It, Navigating Your Career in Corporate America, was written out of his passion for helping others. He lives with his wife and two kids in Minneapolis. It's now my pleasure to hand things over to Akeem. So thank you, Ben. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to this podcast today, the You're Worth It podcast, 
And what I wanted to do today is talk through a few topics that I feel are very relevant in what is happening in society today and as we think through organization and as we think through creating the revolution as we talked about in the form of workplace inclusion. So I'd like to go through high level just a little bit about my background, tell you a little bit about who is speaking today. The focus uh, of the forum on workplace inclusion this year and why it resonates with me personally, looking at today as a key moment in time. And so different from other times that we have, we have faced previously, a bit unknown. And so I wanna spend a little bit of time working through that. And then this idea of worth and what it means as we think about our careers, what it means as, it think, as we think about how to influence and affect change in organizations today. I want to discuss some ideas on maximizing your worth. And then once you do maximize it, what do you do with it? And we'll talk through what that means and some ideas. And then we'll do a short recap and hand it back over to you. And so wanted to start by giving you a little bit of my background. And so my name is Hakeem Abdel-Khalik, as was shared earlier, and I've been fortunate enough to have worked with several large organizations, I've been a career coach, I've spoken internationally, and it's one of the things as we think about kind of your worth and what's important to you, one of the things that's always been important to me has been moving forward with the areas in which you're passionate about. And I can speak from personal experience of, of having kind of these milestones that I wanted to reach and they weren't driven on what I was passionate about. It was, it was driven on what I thought was important and taking a step back and really thinking about what is passionate, what you are passionate about and finding success in that. And so I want to start with that because that is the reason why I'm here today. It's, it's the, the reason why I'm interested in the topic and why I wanted to be a part of this. It's the reason why I started blogging. It's the reason why I wrote my book. And so it's it, as we think about kind of what we're passionate about, that's where we're going to be successful. And so a little bit about me and as the, my passion really is around developing people, coaching people, helping bring out the best of where they are. So how does that line up with the, the forum on workplace inclusion? And as I mentioned, I like to focus my areas on areas of interest on what I'm passionate about. And when you look on the website on the form of workplace inclusion, the idea for this year is workplace revolution. And so how do we move from talking about it to essentially how do we be about it? And the we talk about the pandemic, we talk about the social movements around the world, around protests based on racism. And, and, and I think we all have seen the, the disparities in, in terms of how it happens. And I wanted to spend a little bit more time talking about it as we think about the workplace. And the workplace, I think, is a key um, focus for the, the former workplace inclusion because that's how we can impact change in the businesses that we see around the world. And I'm, I'm truly fascinated with the idea that this is about a workplace revolution. That said, when we're creating a revolution in, in our focus this year in the, in the form of workplace inclusion is where is it happening? Well, it's happening at work. And where 
work in the workplace and organizations is where I spent the majority of my career. And it's why I wrote my book because in my book is called You're Worth It, Navigating Your Career in Corporate America. But when we talk about a workplace uh, revolution, it happens at work. And, and what I have found that they are, there truly are things that are true, uh, truths about the workplace that are important for people to understand. And so as we think about driving change and creating value, this comes back over and over as we think about that workplace and, and how to uh, affect change. And so, and why, as we think about this point in time, why is this so important? And this is a moment in time unlike any other. And so when we talk about the impact of COVID and its impact on education, we continue to see the gap uh, for, for people that have resources in simple things like access to uh, the internet and Wi-Fi and, and reliable access to the internet and Wi-Fi. And in the beginning of the COVID, we saw where it was impacting everyone. And quickly after, we've seen that the gap, uh, which they're now calling a K-curve, because the, the, in, in essence, you know, those who have a lot are getting a lot more and those who have less are getting less and with the education gap, this is going to be impacted and we're going to feel the impact of this for many years beyond 2020 and, and 2021. We, this is also a pivotal moment in time because of social justice. You are starting to see things that you just haven't. And there, there are little things even like, uh, you know, I used to work in an organization that, that didn't honor uh, didn't celebrate, I wouldn't say honor, but didn't specifically celebrate to have the day of, of Martin Luther King off and now it does. You're starting to hear leaders saying within organization presidents and CEOs of organizations saying that enough is enough. We don't support the inequality that we've seen and we're not going to be blind to it anymore. We want to open our eyes and we want to learn more. We want to educate. We want to impact change. You see it in things like commercials. I mean, I've, I've seen, as, as an example, I've seen so many commercials and I've noticed it because it's something I've always noticed um, wasn't there in the past. But people who, who, who people of color in more commercials, it's just an interesting thing to see in something that as we think about, you know, a movement, part of that movement is seeing people that look like you in in commercials, in leadership positions in organizations. And so while some things have changed, others haven't. And I want to talk to that a little bit. Uh, in the, the Twin Cities where I live, but also just in noticing postings in, in these areas that you, you start to notice an influx of diversity and inclusion leadership positions and what that means. And I think so this is, is really marking where organizations haven't made it a priority. They're really starting to make it a priority. You're seeing change in policies. And so in my mind, as we, as we take a step back, this was a very important topic for the forum on workplace inclusion to call this a workplace revolution. And it's very timely because it's a pivotal moment in time. And so there's no greater moment to embrace this challenge, to be bold and encourage the change. But what does that mean, right? So we, we, we've all heard the phrase, you know, go out and make a difference, you know, be the change you wanna see in the world. The famously quoted to Mahatma Gandhi, you know, yay, and yes, I agree, well, how do I do it? <laughs> what does that mean? And how do I lead that revolution, if you will? And, and, and what are the things I need to think about? And so 
over the next 15 to 20 minutes, I want to share with you some thoughts that I have on what I think are some ways that you may accomplish the change and lead the change and embrace the change through maximizing your worth. <laughs> and that's what this is called is the You're Worth It podcast. And I, again, uh, not too long ago. And so in August of 2020, I wrote a book called You're Worth It, Navigating Your Career in Corporate America. But the idea of the book started several years before. And there was this idea on, as you look in your career and try and own your career development, one of the hardest concepts for, for people to, to come to, to grips with and even to understand is, what is the idea of your worth? And the idea came through uh, several career coaching conversations that I had with, with employees that are supported in my business, with peers, with colleagues, with friends, with family. And one of the things we would talk about are, as we talk through, you know, what the challenges they would face, one of the questions I would always ask is, well, what's your worth? Because the conversations un undoubtedly would be, well, I'm not getting my worth right now. You know, so the company isn't recognized my worth. And so my question was, well, what is your worth? And it's a hard question for people to answer because how do you value your worth in a career? Is it the amount of money that you're paid? Well, it could be. Is it what you think you're worth and not exactly what you're paid? It, it could be that as well. And in the end, I think that that, that becomes a, a sticking point for people because what's the, what's the answer? How do you get to that point? And to answer that question, I like to expound on it maybe as it applies to areas outside of careers, but that we're all familiar with. And so as we think about athletes, some of the most famous athletes that we know, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, LeBron James, I talk about this. And if we think about Michael Jordan, well, he was highly touted coming out of, of college, but he hadn't won a championship. He hadn't proved anything. He was an exciting player, but he had a certain worth at that time. And if you'd said, hey, what is Michael Jordan's worth? He was just, you know, he was just basically coming from college. He had a value in the market. And as he continued to win and become one of the best, after he had won three championships in a row, he had a very distinct value in the market. And many people viewed him at that time as maybe the best player of all time. But he wasn't paid that way by the organization uh, at that time with the Chicago Bulls. He was still one of the, the lower paid professionals in the NBA. Fast forward, he takes a year off. His value in the NBA has, has dropped. He's a baseball player. He decides to go into baseball. And so his value in the industry looks quite different. And fast forward a few years later, he wins three more titles. And what is his value at that time? It's quite significant. Fast forward to today, he's an owner in the NBA. He owns a team. His value looks quite different. And so the value that you have can change. But with Michael Jordan, he didn't maximize his value while playing. And in fact, it wasn't until his last couple of years that he was, the, was getting recognized for being the, the league's best player. Magic Johnson, similar story, spent all of his time with primarily with one team. And so uh, he certainly garnered value and you see that, but when he came out of college, he had a value. When he won five NBA championships, he has a value. And now 
he has several uh, businesses and, and teams that he, he also is owner or part owner of, and his value looks significantly different. But while he was a player, he didn't maximize his value. But you could argue the difference with LeBron James, who has continued to maximize his value from one team to the next and continues to insist on being you know, paid what is the market rate and won't just stay at one team because of loyalty. So he continually uh, drives his value. And that is what I would say as we ask the question of what is your worth, I would answer the market determines your worth. And so when we talk to people and say, hey, what's your worth? And they say, it's what the company pays me. I would push back on that. And that's where we would have really good conversations because the company pays you what it determines your worth is. But let's say that you want to test the waters and apply for new positions outside of your company. Well, then you'll really find out what your worth is. Because if you go through an interview process, you'll understand that maybe they would offer you the same amount of money you're being paid right now. Maybe they'll offer you more. Maybe they'll offer you significantly more. So your value is different. Your worth does look different if a company can do that and the market will determine that for you. But on the flip side, what if you never get an interview? <laughs> so what, is your, what if your resume is never reviewed or you never hear any feedback and you've applied for quite a few positions? Well, maybe your worth is exactly what the current company is paying you for. And maybe it's different. But this idea of worth, I think, is an important one. And I spend a lot of time talking through that in my book. And in my book, Worth It Insights, I really talk through corporate truths and worth it insights. It's split up into two parts. And the corporate truths are essentially the, the rules of the road. And I want to bring this back to an earlier point that I had made. Because when we're talking about the workplace revolution, your corporate America or any corporation they, they have these rules, they have these guidelines, and it's important for people to understand that. And so the first half of the book, I take you through some of those corporate truths. Like one of the corporate truths is a company will always do what's best for itself. It's corporate truth number one. It can sometimes be a hard pill for people to swallow, but the reality of it is, is the companies are here to make profit. They're here to run an organization. And so when we're talking about workplace revolution, it's important to understand the rules of how organizations work. Because while we have our own agendas, it's, we, need to ensure, we need to ensure and be aware that the corporation has its agenda. And so, and that is to either make money or to prevent from losing money. And that's uh, one of the things that I get to do in my, my career as an HR professional and over 20 years as an HR professional is we also find ways to save the company money, and that could be to prevent lawsuits or things like that. But at the end of the day, it's helping the company maximize profits. And so it's important for people to understand the landscape, and that's why we talk about the corporate truths. And the second half of the book is really focused on the worth it insights. And it's really helping you understand your worth, your value, and how to achieve and maximize it. And so I spend the time to get this idea of what is your worth because one, you need to understand where your worth is so that you can maximize what that is and then do something with it, which I think is an important message that comes out of our conversation today on the forum and workplace inclusion and our focus for 2021 on driving the workplace revolution. Okay. So we've talked about a little bit about the idea of uh, what is your worth and how does this align with 
the workplace revolution. So I want to ask you a few questions. I want you to think about this. And this may apply to some of you. It may not apply to any of you, but it may apply to all of you. But one of the things that I've started to see, and the reason why I want to ask the questions, because as we think about this workplace revolution, as we think through the jobs that have been created, and so the, the new positions on inclusion and diversity, the new roles that we're being asked. And so a lot of my colleagues in the past six months have been asked to do things that maybe they, they weren't, in, weren't doing before. And so as we think through that, have you been asked in the last six to nine months, how are you doing as, you know, after the death of George Floyd and, you know, with Black Lives Matter, you know, how are you doing personally? People genuinely interested in your point of view. Have people asked you, hey, can you participate or lead this discussion on social justice? Can you provide your point of view to our leaders? Can you share this information? Have you been asked to give your opinion on solutions that the organization is looking to drive and make changes on as it applies to corporate inclusion in this movement around social justice? Have you been asked to participate on an inclusion panel and to either facilitate, lead, participate um, with other leaders to discuss the idea of inclusion and what it means in your organization? Have you been asked to help hire diverse employees? So to be the part of the panel, the interviewing panel, or to provide your ideas on ways to, to improve the recruitment process to ensure that we're able to help hire additional diverse employees. Have you been asked simply just to do more? And the reason I ask these questions are because this is a change from what you were hired to do. And it's a challenge because it hits where you are passionate. And I brought up the point about areas where you're passionate. The one of the things I personally experienced in starting this journey post the death of George Floyd was I was being asked some of those questions. People were asking for my opinion. They were asking me to participate in things. And it's a, I will tell you, it, it was, a, it's a difficult decision, you, you know, to decide to participate in these, these events because it's no longer just about the work that I'm being asked to perform in, in my day job. It's about my personal feelings and explaining my personal point of view with a group of people with many I know and many I don't know. And so it's a decision point. And because not because it's not something I'm not passionate about, but because it requires a level of vulnerability, I'm opening myself up and sharing my points of view in areas that are highly sensitive and have been going on for years to an audience that may or may not know me and that isn't exactly related to my work. So in essence, I'm taking on a larger role. I'm asked to share my opinion with others that don't know me and I'm putting myself in a vulnerable position because I don't know exactly how it will be received. 
And so your role, your job, what you're being asked to has changed. And that's okay because I am passionate about the topic and it is something I want to ensure that people have some perspective on. And so I, I do want to share that point of view. But it's also fair to say that my value to the organization has changed. In my mind, because of these topics, the value to the organization has increased. This is a key way for the organization to, it's a key topic for the organization to address, understand. When we think about engaging your workforce, a lot of employees want to see what the organization's point of view on this, and therefore they want to hear your point of view. And so if you're being asked to participate in those meetings, if you're being asked to speak at those events, if you're being asked to help lead these policies and change them, your value has changed in the organization. And in fact, it has increased, I would argue. And so my question to you is, as you think through that worth, how have you capitalized on that value? And I pause there on purpose because this is the, the entire idea of your worth, of understanding what your worth is. A lot of times we speak with individuals and I speak with them personally and they do it out of goodwill. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, because I'm passionate about the topic, it's important for me that people understand it. So I'm very willing to share this information. But I think it's also fair to say, as you speak at more events, you are becoming a voice of change. You are leading a bit that workplace revolution. You're doing out of goodwill. I would argue maybe you shouldn't just do it out of goodwill. Then maybe you should do it and continue to drive and understand and capitalize on the value that you're driving in the organization. And to give you an example, many times, and this isn't, this isn't everyone, and so I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but many times when leaders are asked to speak at certain events, they're given some form of compensation. Maybe their flight is paid for, maybe the hotel is paid for, maybe they're given a fee for participating in the event. In this case, you're being asked to present, share information, and the idea here is that you're creating goodwill. And you're doing it for goodwill on something you're passionate about. Maybe that's okay. Maybe it's not. I think if the opportunity is for you to sit back and to think, is this driving the value? And am I maximizing on that? Maybe the value is the increased access to leaders within the organization. And that increased access to leaders provides you and puts you in conversations that you wouldn't have been in that can help drive your career. Well, then you are in fact starting to realize some of that value. You are, in fact, starting to increase your worth, and you are, in fact, starting to understand the impact of what that is. And so if that's what you're doing, great. But I do caution people, and I do say, hey, goodwill is great, and we should do those things that we're very passionate about. But in the business context, we should be aware, rule number one, corporate truth number one, the corporation will always do what's best for itself. And I encourage employees to do the same. So while you're leading a workplace revolution, be it a small part or a large part, maybe you're leading the whole change, maybe you're leading part of the change, maybe just some of it. I encourage people to drive that understanding of that value of that worth so that they can start to maximize. And 
that to me starts that journey on not only are you leading the your part of the revolution, but you are driving value by doing it. And I would argue the driving of the value will increase your ability to be more impactful and to lead even better as it applies to the revolution. So let's take a moment, let's take a quick step back. You are leading a revolution. Is that less stressful or more stressful? Are you making more money as a result of it? Are you more, more vulnerable? Are you being judged now by more than just your work? Has your resume changed? I think this is an important one. And all these things could be true or not true. Maybe you aren't stressed, but sometimes getting out and speaking in front of people makes you stressful. Sometimes thinking of the weight of the impact of your words and what it has on the organization as it applies to social justice can create more stress, can make you feel uncomfortable or more vulnerable. And so I tell people all the time, as you take on more, make sure your resume reflects that. Because again, your value, as we would see in today's society, has changed, it's increased. And so should your resume, it should change. Make sure you're letting people know some of the things that you're working on. And so if it's changed, make sure that you have an idea of uh, how that impacts the way that the market sees what you're doing. And I want to bring this idea of the market back into your worth. The market determines your worth as it applies to your career. And so make sure that the market is aware of what you're doing and maximize that work. So I spent all this time kind of talking through this idea of worth and maximizing your value. And, and I would tell you objectively, if I were to take a step back, I'd say, wow, Maybe this sounds selfish. And it sounds selfish. You're talking about something that we're very passionate about, driving change in organizations. And I'm talking about maximizing your work. And this is where I talk about examples in my book where it's selfish if you think about it in terms of relationships. And so if I'm in a relationship and I'm dating someone and all we ever do is focus on what's good for me, that comes across as selfish. But the reality of it is organizations pay you for the work that you're doing. And so you do work, you do that, and you get paid for that work. That's a contractual relationship, not a personal relationship, it's contractual. And so by doing my job, I'm meeting the terms of that contract. Well, when I'm asked to do more, then it, the terms have slightly changed. And I'm not saying that that's not okay. I'm just saying, ensure that you're thinking about the value that that's creating for you and in the market. And so while it may sound selfish, I think it's, in, or self-serving, it may be self-serving, but it's not selfish because I think oper uh, corporations are operating in the same way and that's okay. I get paid for the work I do, that's great. I'm creating value for the organization, that's also great but I should also be thinking in terms of how do I create value for me and how am I impacting change in the organization and can I continue to increase that influence? Because at the end of the day, 
we do want to be the change we want to see in the world. And how can I do that? By increasing my value influence, I can also start to have a greater influence within the organization. So what are some ways that I can maximize my worth? I wrote an article here last week uh, that was really focused on top five tips to show your employer that you're worth it. And the examples I gave were putting it in your annual review. And so just making sure that throughout the year you capture the things that you've done. So if you are participating in, in these events, if you are leading change, put it in your review, making sure that it's documented and known. Speaking the language of business, a lot of times the, you know, so point number two is really speaking that language of business. And that is the language of business is money, profit. What are things that I've done to help drive the organization's profit or save the corporation money? Those are things that's, I try and think of examples that really show profit and how I should, and how I save. And so I encourage you to do the same. This seems obvious as a, as a third point, but making your supervisor look good. <laughs> the, one of the things that I've seen over time quite often is a successful leader who goes into another company and reaches back into the organization they came from to bring in uh, someone that used to work for them because they know their work. They know that the, the level of service and the value that they're creating and they see the value and they want to help. Um, they want to bring that value into the organization because they know that person will help them be successful. Making your supervisor look good is something I've seen time and again that uh, helps you in your career and it helps drive your worth and because it makes them look good and good supervisors. Good supervisors know and reward those employees and that could be in bonuses, that can be in new careers, it could be a lot of things. The fourth, as I say, is the, in terms of tips to show your employer that you're worth it is to be in demand. And by then, I mean, by that, I mean, understand the market. So by updating your resume and updating your, what I'll call what I'll say, your LinkedIn profile, you're also allowing people to see the changes that you're doing in the organization and it's helping, it's helping your visibility. If you apply to a new position and you get an offer, well, you're certainly in demand then. And that leads to number five is have a job offer. If you have a job offer, I think your employer knows you're worth, you're worth it right away. And so a lot of times that starts the conversation into, in terms of, hey, do I want to stay with this company or not? This other company does see the value of what I'm bringing. That sparks a conversation. Now, you may decide that you've already ready to take the next step in your career, but that is a great way <laughs> of showing your employer that you're worth it. Now, it doesn't have to be that, but I, I certainly think that that can that can start the conversation, but it's a great way for you to understand the market and your worth. And so we do all those things in terms of those are some ways that I would encourage people to maximize your worth. Other things you can do is ask for help. And as we think through our careers, we can get stuck. And sometimes the hardest thing to do is to ask for help. I don't know where to go next. And so it's very important to have a network of people that you trust and ensure that you uh, can go to them to help 
guide you in your career and, and help you maybe see worth that you don't even realize. A lot of times, one of the roles I think that I love to play the most is that of like, not just a coach, but a cheerleader, if you will. And sometimes I say that because people don't see the value that they drive. They're driving value and change within the organization. They are truly leading a revolution. And they're just like, oh, it's okay. You know, that's just what I do. No, you're great. You are driving value. You need to understand you are driving value and you are worth it. And so that cheerleader, that pick them up, that helping people to see the value and who they are and what they're doing in the market and organizations is important. It's a very important role to play, but sometimes people don't know to ask for help. So I'm also looking actively to see if people need help. So not only asking for help, but being on the lookout for people that need help. And then with that, I would say an, another point is just be true to yourself. And this is sometimes hard because we think of we think of value in the market and that sometimes makes us think of, of money. But sometimes our worth means not just going after money, right? It may mean the taking a step back and saying, I need to be true to myself. And so if I'm working for a supervisor that doesn't see my value or my worth, that may mean I actually need to leave and take something that is actually technically less driving a financial, but it's more recognition of who I am as a person and more recognition of my worth. And so may, while it may be a financial, we may look at that and say that's a financial air quote step back from a career and personal standpoint, it's a step forward. And so being true to myself is, is an important piece in demonstrating that word. And then asking for what you want. As you are leading change and understanding your worth and maximizing your worth, sometimes it means asking for what exactly you want. I know an individual, a good friend of mine, that was ready for a new opportunity, ready to make additional changes in the organization, wanted to be a, even a, a larger leader in the company and impact change in a positive way. But they were constantly not getting selected for position. And finally, they just stopped, said to their manager, I would like a new position by this date. And they didn't have a backup plan or I'm leaving. And within two months, they had the new position. And I just find that amazing because it really epitomizes asking for what you want to drive that value. And so I'm going to bring it all back. You're doing all these things. You are updating your resume. You are getting recognition. You're participating in events. You're driving your worth. You are starting to maximize your value within the organization, in the, in the market. And you are starting to market yourself even through LinkedIn and your resume or applying for new positions or networking with individuals. So great, you are on the path to maximizing your value or you've already started to maximize your value. What do you do with that? And so as you think and bring it all back to leading a change, and revolution within the organization as it applies to social justice in, in America or in the world today. What do you do with that? 
And so you're pushing for value, influence, impacting change personally, but what do you do with that? And I'm big into comic books. And so I know this may sound a, a little silly and there's certainly a number of, of, of more uh, ways that this has been communicated, but in Spider-Man, <laughs> Uncle Ben says to Spider-Man, to whom much is given, much is expected. And we've heard that phrase a number of different ways and certainly outside the comic books. But the idea being here is that as you continue to push, and so I'm an employee and I work on the front line, I want to push to ensure that we are creating an environment where people are successful. As I get promoted as a supervisor, I want to create an environment where my team feels included and realizes that I am, I want to create an environment that they can be successful and that their voice is heard and that everyone that we, we, we're creating an environment where we're leading our own personal change by creating an environment that's positive within the organization. As I become a, a supervisor of supervisors, I again get the chance to drive that value. As I become the, uh, the leader of an organization or the president of an organization, now I have a larger area of influence. And so the things that I wanna see at each level where I am in the organization, I don't have to wait until I become the president to start to make those changes. Each time I uh, am promoted or in a new position, I have the opportunity to start again and again, be the change that I wanna see in the world. And so as I maximize my value, I also create the opportunity to impact change on a larger scale. And that's why I think the more you are worth it, the more value you drive, the more you recognize your value, the more that's expected of you. And I can think of that on a very personal example. And in I, I mentioned several times in writing the book that it's been a lifelong dream to write a book. And one of the things I was told is, hey, in order to, to successfully market your book, you should write. You should write articles. You should write a blog. And so I started writing a blog and it was focused on career development and career focus. And then, unfortunately, last year, the, the death of George Floyd occurred in Minneapolis, which is the, near the city where I live. And I, it took me a few days to wrestle with what to say. I now have this platform. I have my website coachakeem.com and I have this platform that I'm focused on career development but here's this again pivotal moment in time and what do I think about that and upon reflecting I went back to some version of that quote which is if I have been given this platform I need to really share with people as a leader my thoughts on this and try and share the reason why it impacted me personally, but also what I expect to see in our leaders today. And so I wrote a series of articles. I started with a poem sharing kind of the, the focus on, on why, you know, for me personally, being a person of color, the impact of the event. And then I went on to share what I think people through uh, a few articles, what I think people 
could and should think about as it applies to how do we move this movement forward? And so I became personally involved and I did become vulnerable. And while this particular wasn't just about me driving my own worth and value because it was personal, I think because of the worth and value that I've driven throughout my career, I had a responsibility and I continue to have that responsibility of being the change I want to see and impacting that. And I will tell you, it did and continues to be a source of change and a catalyst for change in the organizations that I'm in and something I'm very passionate about and I continue to influence. And so as my career changes, and I did just recently uh, take a, a new career opportunity. And with that career opportunity, I was given more accountability and it gave me a greater opportunity to influence change in a positive way. And so as we talk about the corporate revolution and bringing us all the way back to where we started this Your Worth It podcast on the workplace revolution and how do we move from talk to collective action. I want to bring us back to what we said in the very beginning is when we're looking to make these change, driving and understanding and maximizing your worth can go a long way towards achieving that. And as you continue to drive and understand and maximize your worth, it continues to increase the responsibility you have to continue to push for the change that you want to see in the world. And so with that, I just want to close and recap a few things. So there's no better moment in time right now to go out and capture your value. I've seen so many examples here recently of new positions, new opportunities, a level of understanding around the, the challenges that we face when it comes to social justice. In America, in organizations, and it may not feel like that if you watch the news, but companies are way more willing and aware and want to understand the issue. There's no better moment than right now to go out and capture that value and to seek to drive understanding. There are a lot of ways that you can continue to grow and maximize your value, ask for help, learn from others, market yourself, ask for what you want. But I would challenge you, don't wait for a pivotal moment, uh, a single moment of, you know, of achieving that greatness. Every stage of where you are, no matter where you are in an organization today, you have an opportunity to make a change as it applies to social justice in, in your company for the better. You do need to understand how organizations are run <laughs> and that they're there to make a profit. And there are probably ways within your company to, to do it uh, better than working outside the rules as a company and organization. But certainly the eyes and ears of the organization are more open than they've ever been. And so there probably are more avenues for you to go out and go get it at every stage of where you are. And I will just close with the idea of you're worth it is as the, the role of your coach, I've shared with you some insights in terms of finding your worth, maximizing it, using that to impact change within the organization. As a cheerleader, I want to say, you know, which is also one of the roles I play is go out and go get it. Go do it. 
be the change you want to see because it's important. There's no more important time than in history than it is right now to impact that change, which is why I was so excited and I'm honored to be a part of this, which is a part of the forum on workplace inclusion. And I, being asked to participate in this podcast is something that I am passionate about. I am excited about. I will also put this on my resume. <laughs> and with that, I want to say thank you and hand it back over to Ben. Ben? Thank you so much, Akeem, for that wonderful podcast. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. And a special thank you to our sponsor, Best Buy. To learn more, feel free to contact Akeem at Hakeem at CoachHakeem.com. New episodes of the Forum Podcast are available at forumworkplaceinclusion.org, Forecast Podcast. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and Stitcher. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day. Thank you again for listening to the Forum and Workplace Inclusion Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get updates and the latest episodes. Also, tell us what you think by reviewing our podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. For more information, visit us at forumworkplaceinclusion.org or search Workplace Forum on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you very much and have a great day. The Forum and Workplace Inclusion Podcast is recorded at Augsburg University in Minneapolis, Minnesota. One of the most diverse private colleges in the Midwest, Augsburg University offers more than 50 undergraduate majors and nine graduate degrees to 3,400 students of diverse backgrounds at its campus in the vibrant center of the Twin Cities and nearby Rochester, Minnesota location. Augsburg educates students to be informed citizens, thoughtful stewards, critical thinkers, and responsible leaders. And Augsburg education is defined by excellence in the liberal arts and professional studies, guided by the faith and values of the Lutheran Church, and shaped by its urban and global settings. Learn more at augsburg.edu.